Welcome to Wobbies and Wizards. This is your host, Light the Light Finger Thief, and here I'm joined by Logar. Hello, I am Logar the Barbarian. So, Logar, it looks like we're ready for some uh, adventuring out into the, uh, into the unknown, maybe do some hex crawling here. Out into the wild. Into the wild, indeed. Which which area are we going to adventure into next? Oh, we'll have to check which hex we're moving to uh, with Populated Hexes Monthly. Yes, Populated Hexes Monthly, uh, published by Third Kingdom Games and Todd Leback. Yeah, Todd Leback is a good feller. I, I, I would, I, I'd say he's a stand-up guy. I, I, I've uh, had a chance to talk with him quite a few occasions, and I appreciate him. I'll start off by saying that the Populated Hexes Monthly have the nice little rainbow-colored OSR for all logo on the cover, a front cover of all of the issues that I have here in front of me, which is yes, something it's I appreciate. OSR for all players, for everybody, you know. Um, and uh, we were provided these by Todd. Is that correct? Yes. So he he sent those over to us. And you know you can find them on what Third Kingdom Games website. Third yeah, you Kingdom can find Games. them on com. Third Kingdom Games website. Now Todd sells a lot of different zines and stuff on the Third Kingdom Games website, but we're gonna focus mostly on the populated hexes monthly. And we've got like five or so issues here that we're looking at specifically. So I'm not gonna look at one isolated issue and there's at least like i said i think something like 17 issues out now yeah and he's also he's also on populated hexes patreon as well too so if you go to patreon.com you can find him on populated hexes on patreon now there's a couple companion books that he's made well i'll say core books that you can check out one of them is called Into the Wild, and that's why I made my Into the Wild reference earlier. <laughs> the other is called Filling in the Blanks. Now, I've only got Into the Wild, and Filling in the Blanks is high on my to-get-next list. And I think there may even be some Smithsonian-bound editions of those floating around from a, from a Kickstarter, if I'm not wrong. I might be mistaken. I'm not sure. Well, he also has, for free, an introduction to Absalom, which is where some of these hexes are uh located in as well too now is that issue number zero that's free online yep that's issue number zero is an entry to absalom which is his universe and kingdom now of course any of these hex populated hexes can be dropped into your own campaign but it does reference at least for his home campaign is the uh Intro to Absalom, if you choose to use that as your setting, your universe. Well, I want to start with the intro to Absalom. Sure. Because uh, it's good. I like what he's doing here. And uh, how am I going to put this? So you can just drop this into any of your campaigns. But as I'm looking at all these, how many issues he has this, I, I really want to try to catch up on the issues because <laughs> there's some good info here. I haven't seen something like this. Uh, this this harkens me back to some of the Lost Land stuff and has a lot of similarities in certain ways to it, but it differs greatly in what I'm looking at here. And I compare it to the Lost Lands as he's really fleshing out a great uh, entire world to hex crawl and experience. Now, there are specific things that are given, like dungeons and locations and stuff like that in the issues. At the same time, it leaves it very open for you to kind of do your own thing. Yep. So it gives you the the whole continent, let's say. <laughs> yes. And each continent is broken up into sections. And then the populated hexes go into each of those sub-hexes within each area. One cool thing he does is he really changes up the planes in this and how planes are set. And he situates everything in the law and chaos and, and kind of notes that like good law and chaos are not descriptors absolute. of good and bad. Yeah, right. they're not absolutes. 
So there's a different approach to, I would say, how alignment works in some things and how planes work and everything else. There's a bit of a shift there. His planar, I guess, cosmology is totally different. I don't know how to begin to describe it entirely. but Well, I mean, it's a setting marked by different cycles of law and chaos, and then things come into dominance. Yeah, so there's like years, and then what they call the different cycles, there's names for the cycles as well. Because um, like as as the many years accumulate, they're stuck in these, uh, I guess, time periods that go from chaos to law. So certain periods are more chaotic and that'll change those years of that, that time period or whatever. You get into a chaotic period, your random encounter charts and stuff like that. So it's an interesting approach to everything. Cause it I changes, really seen, yeah. it changes your landscape. It changes these, the distances of, of travel. Yeah. It destroys the nature of that reality a little bit as well too. So it, it, it can get pretty pretty interesting in the uh, amount of variety that you can create f- for this one. One of the things about Issue Zero is it has a lot of maps, a lot more maps than the other ones are do, kind of fleshing out large areas of the world that he's creating here. There is, there's a couple cool things here in the other issues. The Valley of the Kings has a whole, which is Issue Number 2. Um, a- yeah, I'm, I'm not sure because he's numbered them by the location of the hex. So Valleys of the King is like, what, 55? 55.68. There's a part one and a part two. There are issues number one and issues... I'm sorry, not issue number one. Issue number two (laughs) and issue number three. The first issue of Valley of the Kings, which is actually populated Hex's issue number two, if you (laughs) caught all that. But it's numbered as Hex location 55.68. Yes, so it's numbered by the Hex location. It gives you rules on Undead that are very interesting and unique. Instead of having just the raise undead spell, it's got a ritualistic way to create undead. Yep. It's it's uh it's got a lot of procedure and stuff here that you can use. And I like the idea and approach of magic outside of just the regular Vancey and magic using rituals. I like that it gives you a way to to pull it off. And the types of undead you can make are vast and gonna be a little more diverse, and it gives you all kinds of options for the more advanced undead that you're creating. Which is a super cool thing, I think, in general. And like, it has a mishaps table and a misfire table as well, too, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So there's different qualities that they can have the, while you're creating them. Different, different. Well, like you said, mishaps and whatnot. I'm gonna start with quali- qualities. Uh, different undead can have things like contagions. Um, they can only be harmed by certain things like silver or magic. And there's all kinds yep. of at like uh, what's the not attributes? What's the word I'm looking for? aspects and abilities you can add to your undead you're creating ritualistically going through a ritual you're able to have more control over the undead you create and stuff like that so it's a cool approach to it it seems like it was definitely a uh looking at this was made for specifically part two where you get into a larger temple complex with all kinds of undead things in it right there's a cool, some cool isometric maps used in that part two, which is issue number three. Uh, and that's the Plains of Zelania, entrance to the Valley, Valley of, of Kings, Kings part, part two. two, which is issue number three of <laughs> Populated Hexes Monthly. Now, 
that goes into a, an area where there's like very powerful undead and whatnot going in the whole dungeon complex. Most of the stuff that's provided in this issue is that dungeon is the primarily the meat of that one. Right. This is what beneath the halls of mummification is the title of it. Yes. And this is where the crocodile kings interred their dead, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> Let me go back to where that was because I was going through here and there's a quite a few it, it very much you're going into like uh the tombs of the pharaohs style feeling is what i get in this one the overall larger setting around it that's given is at times vague but certain parts are detailed it's vague in a positive way and that it gives you like this region's name what type of what type of social, political, like rulers and stuff are there? So you can kind of go on the fly and fill it out as you're running or playing it. Right. And so it gives you enough for a good base foundation starting point, and then you can help fill in and customize for your particular adventure. Yes. And whatever you're playing. So it works well if you have a, a player party that and you're running your game very like uh, with a lot of player autonomy and you're doing hex crawl where they're kind of driving everything and you're not as much railroading. It's really good information and stuff for that. What's also good is I think that overall what I'm seeing here, the strengths of this number one, I can run this setting in these, these hex, this hex crawl world that he's created here and easily grab little zines and stuff like that to throw in different places to fill in, either substitute or say that this little zine or this adventure takes place in this place. Works well for that because it's some places are well defined, some places are loosely defined. You can have a lot of a lot of liberty and freedom to play with it. But at the same time, he gives great procedures for your game in this. Now, these are made specifically for OSE or Old School Essentials is what they're labeled as. Yeah, but you can use it for any type of OSR system that's compatible. Yeah. It would go well with Osric or Hyperborea and stuff like that as well. There's a lot of things. I I like, like, look, when you get to the ice caves and some of these other places, you have all kinds of cool little charts involved kind of making the locations dynamic. Like one of the locations uh, can flood on certain roles. So you'll be checking, you know, making your checks. And this gives you yep. lots of procedures there going through it to see what kind of hazards incur and stuff like that. It gives it a little more flavor and interesting, a little more interesting than just going into the dungeon. Normally adds a few more elements of uh, of conflict there that aren't necessarily just fighting a monster. <laughs> Things you have right. to contend with. Yep, and it's always always interesting because you know there are references to Cthulhu type situations as well within the game. You know, there's the Dreamlands, the Plateau of Lung that are referenced. So yes, and then one of the adventures, you know, in the Shrine of Dalthog, is that how you pronounce it? I uh, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you know, it's like oh yeah, I see some references potentially to uh, Dagon, Deep Ones, and other uh, sea dwelling creatures of sorts. Let's say so. Most of these seem to have at the back uh, some spells, sometimes some magic items, additional yep. spells for OSE, and uh, new monsters as well, different takes on monsters that are kind of setting-specific. Like, one setting is, is more desert-based. So you have more setting... desert monsters, more swampy-based or water-based. <laughs> yeah. And so this one here is very, like, snow-based, uh, snow the Caves of the Yeti. Because so, you're going to have a Yeti that's going to show up, right? <laughs> yeah, so you have winter whites instead of a regular white. 
and, and and stuff like that. So the little very much like flavor specific to help keeping that region you're going through kind of grounded in the theme of the environment that you're exploring, so to say, for lack of a better way to say that. Yep. So for each each issue of this popular hex cross, you know, as Logar mentioned, you know, you're gonna have a new hex description. It's gonna have an area or location. You're gonna have like a little mini adventure with maps, and then you're gonna have a section in the appendix with like new monsters, spells, and maybe some new game mechanics, like with the uh, undead creation. So each issue is packed with a lot of very useful information, covering a lot of different topics. Now I'll say this: uh, the, the uh, there, I believe there is a compiled version of some of these uh, in a larger printing. Uh, I'm not sure. 100% I think which uh, episode issues that is. Yeah, I, I think on his website there is a like you said com- compilation of uh, multiple issues together, and that might be a, a really good way to uh, pick them up instead of trying to get every single issue. But you can go there. And to thirdkingdomgames.com and, and take a look at them. Or you can subscribe on his Patreon and get one new issue every month or one new hex every month. <laughs> yeah. And I would suggest checking out. Now, I had like, I, I, I so what he, we do have is the Populated Hexes Monthly First Year. I just looked it up. First Year, in, it seems to be a uh, a book that's out. Then there's the, the Into the Wild and the other one, which is called. Okay, well, filling in the blanks? Yeah, filling in the blanks. So Into the Wild and Filling in the Blanks gives lots of procedures for hex crawling, expands it amazingly. And they work real well. These The populated hexes monthly issues actually refer often to those for different things. If you're wanting to run a hex crawl, you never ran a hex crawl, I'd say it's a great place to start looking to get an idea there. And as a setting, I really like this I, I like I said, I, I think this is some place that I, I would definitely be interested in running this setting and some of the stuff here. It seems like it would be a fun hex crawl and a lot of stuff I could do with this. Now, the print themselves, the physical print, is a little bit larger than uh, like a Z, like like the A5 size we're used to getting, or is it A4? I can't remember. A5. So it's not the half sheet, it's a full sheet. And I know that I've talked to Todd personally about the sizes, and I know that he does this because. He needs a, a larger print format to read because uh, some of us get into a certain age, it gets harder and harder to read the smaller and smaller text. Yeah, so if I, you have it, I, I have the PDF blown up pretty big right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in, you know, if you have a difficult time, you have to throw on your readers to get ready for game. This is a little more helpful at times than some of the some of the other prints out there of different games, and it's geared towards that. They are very. Uh, very uh zine ish i'd say it's not um a big hardback book or anything like that it's eight, 18 uh, was it 18 and a half by 11 folded in half essentially and staple bound all kinds of illustrations mostly maps uh a lot of good maps in here and uh the maps that lay out the world and whatnot now i strongly suggest it i think again i'll finish this by saying todd's a pretty decent feller uh, gives it gets big thumbs up for us for being a, a decent human being as well as a really good writer of game material. His strength lies in some of this procedural type stuff as well that he has laid out 
in some of the other books and some of the ways that he kind of adds and gamifies the locations to be more than just you walk into a dungeon room. He gives you a little more to work with that makes it a little more interesting, I feel. And I definitely recommend checking out Populated Hexes Monthly in some of these books. Yeah. yeah, so the part that I did find that I was missing was what was the recommended levels for playing these hexes? It looks like mostly levels one through three based on the monsters encounters that we saw, but mm -hmm. I don't see any recommendations in general for what levels or tier of, you know, now I should be running through this one. And I could be wrong, but I do believe that's because it's not built to be ran as per level. If you run into something big and horrible, you want to do the, you know, treasure as as XP, not monsters as XP, and find a way not to have to go into a full-on fight with a monster because stuff will be more powerful than you can handle. But that's my assumption. Um, I don't think that these were made with that concept of per adventure per level in mind as much as it was made in the concept of just uh, open-world exploration in mind. And it does rule well for open-world exploration, and it, it, it's procedurally trying, essentially trying to bring procedure like to a dungeon crawl, only to overland large mass uh, outdoor travel. And it works well for that. Yeah, it's a large, large continent. So, no, I mean, that was more of me poking a little bit because, you know, with one of the adventures, you might be fighting like a up to an eight hit dice <laughs> creature, which is going to be pretty powerful if you're a level one party. Yeah. So you're gonna have to be creative when you you run into that kind of stuff if you're at level one. So <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, because you know that that large yeti or, or whatever it is is gonna squash you pretty quickly. <laughs> yes, it will. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. Could really use so you. We're on Patreon. We can really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wildlies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. And we'd like to thank Todd from Third Kingdom Games. You can find him on thirdkingdomgames.com or on Patreon under Populated Hexes.